Welcome to more details, please, with your hosts, Emmanuel and Angela Williams, where we dive deeper into conversations with visionary entrepreneurs to discover what it takes to turn passion into purpose. Listen to real-world stories from self-starters and trailblazers and discover strategies and innovations shaping a greener future. Whether you are a seasoned business person or just starting out, let this be your go-to resource for inspiration and actionable tips for success. Join us now as we create a brighter, greener future together. Welcome to More Details, Please, broadcasting live in the Phoenix Business Radio X studio in Tempe, Arizona, where we help entrepreneurs turn their passion into purpose. We're your hosts, Angela and... Emmanuel Williams. And today, we're in the studio with two fantastic entrepreneurs that we are excited to introduce you to. First, we have Josephine Latham. She is a future executive sales director of Mary Kay Cosmetics in Indianapolis, Indiana. And we're so happy to meet her. Joe? Hi. <laughs> Good to be here. So excited. Awesome. And next, we have Antonio Brown, also known as AC Brown. He's a CPA and he is the CEO of the John L. Group. So we're super excited for him to be here from Flint, Michigan. AC? Hi, how are you doing? I'm I'm excited to be here. Looking forward to the conversation. I'm already I'm already bubbling over. <laughs> All right, fantastic. So what I like to do is I want you to share with our audience a little bit about what you do in your business. So AC, we'll start with you. Tell us about your business and what it is that you do. I am uh, I'm AC. I'm a CPA. Um, my brothers and I, three of two of my brothers, started the John L Group where we. I manage three different business units. One is a third-party logistics freight brokerage. The second one is John L. Financial Services, where we're a full-service accounting and financial service firm. And the other one is uh, John L. Construction, where we specialize in government contracts. So three different businesses all under one umbrella. And working with my brothers is quite interesting. (laughs) <laughs> but you can family can work together. I'm I'm a witness that they can. You got a lot going on and working with your brothers. <laughs> Add that on top of it. Nice. All right. All right. And Joe, please tell us about you and your business. Well, it's just that one of those people that I do many things. You know, we used to say when I was growing up, you had to be able to chew gum and walk at the same time. So I'm able to chew bubble gum, walk at the same time, and uh, talk at the same time and all of that. So I'm multifaceted. (laughs) And what I do is what I love. It's a combination of being an independent person, uh, independent contractor. So I set my own hours. I choose who I work with. I choose how I work, the hours that I work. Flexibility is the game. I was so excited to find this career after 20 years in corporate America with clock in times and be there and do this and sit with this person and do that and do that. Now, this is a whole different realm for me in my golden years. So 35 years ago, someone convinced me that I would be good at this because 
they tried for 12 years and I constantly put them off. I went to college trained as an actress, trained as a historian, uh, went to school trained as an engineer, you know, all kind of stuff. And guess what? I didn't like any of it, but I love what I do now because of our principles, God first, family second, career third. And I've been able to work that way and put it that way, earn an executive income. And it's just a joy now to be able to give back and to love on people and try to show our young people who are coming up in this world that you can have it all. You can have everything that was intended for you. All right. Fantastic. And I must confess, um, in full disclosure, I call Joe, Mama Joe. She is my second mom, and I am so excited to have worked under her as a sales director in Mary Kay. And a lot of what I do and a lot of what I know came exactly from her. So I'm super excited. So today's topic of what we really want to address today, and I'm going to get Emmanuel into this conversation because he has, boy, a lot to share, is start living like an everyday entrepreneur. That's really what we want to talk about. What does that mean? What does that look like for you? So what does your life look like as an entrepreneur? So my cohort that's right here that is dynamic and is all right, will get the question started right from there. Emmanuel? Well, I kind of want to set the stage before we start this conversation because there's a lot of knowledge and wisdom here that we can share because that's really what this is all about. You know, the theme to this podcast in terms of what we're trying to do is turning passion into purpose, passion into purpose. And it's very, very important that people understand that your purpose has to be your passion so that you can give to the world your best and you can share your gifts and talents with the world. And so because we have uh, two great entrepreneurs, Joe, Mama Joe, she is a great cook. I love hanging out with her. I mean, she's just so lovely. And then we got A.C. Brown. He's my guy. He's like my brother. And I get inspiration and I get inspired from both of them. So I know that we have a lot to bring to the conversation so that people can learn from our conversation but the, the theme of this is turning passion, our per- passion into purpose. Awesome. So let's start with this question. Uh, what inspired you to start doing what you're doing? Joe, we heard a bit about what inspired you and what led you to this point. And obviously, we want to dig deeper into that because that's what we're all about as well. AC, when you think about going into business with your brothers, you're CPA, so you can earn funds doing what you do, and your brothers are well accomplished as well. So what inspired you guys to go into this business, which is multifaceted? That's a great question. I think kind of what inspired us is the opportunity that we saw in the transportations. I had already owned my CPA practice as a sole proprietor, so I was already in business as an entrepreneur. My brothers and I decided, you know, that it was it was time for us to do something together. I mean, all of us are college educated, master's degrees, all the degrees you want to you want to name. We got them. All right. But we weren't doing anything together. And we knew that collectively we couldn't make some things happen. So I pushed for more of an asset based trucking company where we're going to buy trucks and stuff. 
and good people on the road. And my brother Jay, who had experience in third-party logistics, said, wait a minute, I think we can go at it another way. And so we talked about it. And one conversation led to another. When I, when I first started off, I couldn't tell you what a flatbed truck was, what a low boy was. I couldn't tell you anything. But I did get excited about learning in the industry. And once we started bouncing ideas off each other's heads and, and really getting into it, we developed this camaraderie. And we have our business uh, situated to where we're asked to do the things that we're good at. So I'm good at numbers. I have another brother that's good at organizing and I have another brother that's great at sales. So those three skill sets all kind of harmoniously work together. Doesn't mean that we don't have conflicts and we don't have you know discussions, but what keeps us excited is that we're able to do exactly what we're great at and good at in our business to help it grow and thrive. So, so AC, I do have a question. Being that you're working with your brothers, what is the biggest barrier? I mean, what is the greatest challenge in terms of dealing with your brothers? I know you love them. I know mm-hmm. you guys have a history. Um, mm-hmm. But in the in the entrepreneurial world, you know that that's on another whole level. That brings out a whole different personality, mm-hmm. if you will. And mm-hmm. sometimes there's I think personality he's talking about us, guys. And there's certain and there's personalities that you don't even really know exist until you get into that situation. So, yes. from a bro- from your brother's perspective, what what is your what is the greatest challenge to you? Yeah, I, that's a great question. Like I said, we were all all three of us were successful in our own individual careers, but we didn't know each other's work habits. We didn't know each other's. How does this person like to be communicated with? How do I effectively say this to where it doesn't crush someone's idea, but they can hear it, you know, hear it from me and and kind of getting over that relational barrier, that relationship barrier, and not making decisions just because we're brothers. One thing that, you know, my brother Luther, he's the oldest, none of us are good at everything. So we have a dependency on each other in order to make the business work. So it's not like we can make this work on our own. So the biggest hurdle for us, like you said, Emmanuel, is was managing each other's personality. Well, you know, that, that that's really yeah. interesting because being an entrepreneur and having a business system in your home where families are living and coming together, that forces you to deal with issues that you normally wouldn't deal with mm-hmm. because yeah. you guys depend on each other and you guys need each other to get to that next level. You know, you are forced to either grow together or grow apart, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's what I really enjoy about providing opportunities for families because it helps to bring the families back together. And it is the glue, I think, that is required to swallow your ego, to get over your feelings, and realize that there is a bigger purpose there other than just me and what I feel and what I want. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. I I, I love it. I always feel like when he starts talking about family members working together, he's talking about me. It could have been when we were walking in today. It's like, what the... (laughs) 
<laughs> did you remember? Um, and of course he did. All right, Joe, let's bring you into the conversation. You're in the top 3% of all of Mary Kay, um, and you've been in this role for a very long time. But when you think about what you bring to the table, what sets you apart? What sets you apart in the industry? Well, I think what is three things that I put on my mantra when I decided to do this, because when the company talked about the go-give philosophy, I wanted to be a go-give. I not only wanted to make money, I wanted to help other people, to inspire other people. So one of the things, the first thing that I always say is imagine the possibilities. And I tell myself that all the time. Imagine the possibilities. And then the next thought in my mind after that is something you're believing is deciding what you are receiving. So it's about a mind thing, what you eventually get out of anything that you do. And success, success, the next one is it can't be explained. It has to be experienced. Ah. So those three things motivate me to do what I do and take the passion that I have for helping other people, giving to other people, looking great, feeling great. All of those three things lend to that. And it makes me always overextending myself (laughs) to help out. Just yesterday, I was talking to someone and I'm, I'm, I'm trying to develop something with the school program to reach out to young women about this opportunity in particular because there are things out there and them coming out of high school, I'm going to be working with some high school people. Everybody is not cut out for college. Everybody's not going to go there, but everybody can do something. If you find that something within you that allows you to be who you are. And that's what I found in Mary Kay. You can be who you are. You don't have to be anybody else, like anybody else, just be you. And in being you, you don't have to attack to in order to get people, but you have to attract. And there are so many ways to attract. So I'm gonna be trying to develop a program to help those who may not be college bound, those who are and maybe want something additional, learn how to set goals, move forward and attract the kind of business and lifestyle that they have always wanted, that they have dreamed about, turn it into a goal. A dream is just a dream, but a goal once you write it down, share it with someone and then put some action with it, then that becomes a real goal and something that you can reach out for. That's where my heart is. That is what I believe that God left me on this earth for after four serious bouts of, of cancer. I've gone through breast cancer four times. I'm, I'm a living witness that you can do be and be energetic and excited at 75 years. Old. I love my life. I love my life. I love my life. I love my life. So this is what you have to do, but it has to be a passion that you are believing for, really believing for. And and, and see, that's what I really enjoy about Mama Jo. And I was brought up on a farm. 
Uh, I was about to say, I we, we got to hear both of your backgrounds. Like, uh, where did you start and where are you now? We want to hear about you, that person, because maybe that has something to do with your level of success. It's who you are. Maybe you grew up with a silver spoon in your mouth. I mean, what got you to where you are? I don't know. Let us know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think I grew up with a chicken wing bone in my mouth. <laughs> I, I'm a farm girl. I'm a farm girl. People look at me now and they go, are you sure you're a farm girl? <laughs> yes, I'm a farm girl. I can I can drive tractors. I can plow a team of mules. I can, I can roof. I can drywall. I can do all that stuff. But see, I came up in a close-knit family on a farm. Uh, and we were, my dad's three children, his first three children were girls. And we owned some land. And so... But he told us, I know your mama wants y'all to be in college and, and do all these things and y'all want to be cute and all that. He says, but I'm going to teach you girls how to run this farm. He says, you've got to learn how to run this farm. And he said, and I'm not talking about paper. I'm talking about being able to do what it takes. Because so, you can't expect anybody to do the work that you can't do. So and you can't teach anybody to do what you can't do. So he taught his girls, how to work sun up to sundown. Mama taught us how to have a garden, how to cook, how to keep the house clean, how to do those kind of things. But daddy taught us what it took to actually make something go. And the one thing that he really taught me uh, was a lesson on taking care of yourself. And I was a daddy's girl and, and I depended on, you know, if I wanted it, my daddy was going to get it. My daddy was going to do what I wanted to do. You know, don't care what nobody else said. I, all I had to do was wait around the corner, you know, as Luther could say, dance with my father again, because he was going to make sure it was up under my sheet before I went to sleep. But the thing is, I remember coming home from college the first semester, and I was always a girl who sailed up on daddy all the time whenever I saw him. So, because I could depend on him. Because so no, this is a lesson in depending. So I heard him coming down the road. I, I could hear his truck. I was in the house. So I run out and I get on the tailgate of the truck that's in the driveway. So as he starts walking up to hug me, because he hadn't seen me in a few months, I decided I'm going to sail off on him from the back of the truck. Oh. And my dad, who's always been there for me, stepped back. And I fell on the ground. Oh, oh. I hurt myself, skipped my knee off there, and I'm crying like, and I go, Daddy, why did you do that? You, why did you let me fall? He said, this is a lesson for you. He says, if I had let you jump on me at my age now, and from that height and your weight now, you could have hurt Daddy, and Daddy couldn't take care of you. He couldn't take care of your mama and your other sisters and brothers. So you have to learn how to take care of yourself so that you can take care of others. So that is one of the things that I grew up knowing, how to take care of myself so that I can help take care of others. Growing up on a farm and, 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 and having a real good farm life, we weren't the typical, you know, grubbing for this, grubbing for that. Yeah, we had, we had boats and we went to the beach and we went fishing and we went this and we, but we worked hard. I learned the value of hard work. I learned the value of, my dad used to say to us all the time, 
you can't have, I can't have other people's kids in these fields doing stuff and y'all at the house watching TV and playing with dolls. Y'all got to be in the field too. So that's the other thing I love about Mary Kay. That's what pushed me in that direction because I'm out there holding the same parties that I'm teaching you to hold. I'm out there warm chattering. I'm out there meeting people. I'm out there sharing the opportunity with people. I'm trying to show you how to do this, but I have to show this with you. The speed of the leader is the speed of the game, and nobody can follow a parked car. All you can do is stand there and wait for the car to finally move. So I keep the train moving because I want people moving forward all the time. And being a girl brought up on a farm and having to learn it all, having to learn it all, going off to an HBCU, learning people from all walks of life, that is what got me to the place that I am. And walking into a city, Indianapolis, two weeks after I graduated from college, knowing no one but my oldest sister, I had to learn some things. But the first thing I learned was you got to learn it and you got to be able to take care of you. So the first thing I did was want to learn how to get around the city. So I found out what the cross streets were from east to west. I filled up the tank of gas in the car and I got lost. I drove around. I asked for help. See, and we have to learn to ask for help. See, a lot of people don't know how to do that. Ask for help. Not because you're weak. This is from Les Brown. But because you want to remain strong. It's okay to ask for help. Learn to ask for help because if you ask and ask in the right way, help will come. Help will come. So I got lost all day, but I got found all day because I was willing to ask and people were willing to direct. So as I learned to work in this city and I learned to work with people to help organize neighborhoods, to show people that there was a different lifestyle and a different way to live. Then I became who I am. I became who I really am. I took all of the things that grandma and great grandma, all of them had taught me and put them and North Carolina Central University and put them together to evolve into a woman who could be challenged, loved, respected and helped. That's how I got where I am today. So, 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 Mama Joe, I, I do have a question for you, which is really interesting. Yes. Where do your courage come from? Because I see that you have experienced a lot of different experiences. And that, a lot of times, people experience get burnt, and then they run a hat in the cave, and they're afraid, and they never do anything. But it seemed like you have been participating or involved with a lot of different life experiences and you just keep going. Where where do you get that courage from? That's a courage that I think I just inherited from a strong family background of keeping up. You know, when you live on a farm and a drought comes and drowns all the crops, you could either give up and just have nothing or you could start strategizing then on, okay, we got to plant next year. So what can we do right now to salvage what we can salvage out of this? And then how do we proceed next year? And then what can we put in place that in case another drought comes, that we might be able to save more than we were able to save this time? 
So you have to learn from every experience, good or bad. You have to learn how to pick yourself up and, and move on. And I guess a lot of it too came from the stories that they told me. The car accident we had in 1952, I was just a little girl. I got thrown through the windshield of the car when they were pulling the wreckage apart. They assumed I was mangled in the wreckage and died. Uh, I was like four and a half years old. We had come from the from the county fair. And so my dad had a brand new car, 1952 Pontiac Sky Chief. And, and so it was late in the morning. Well, they were doing that, but my dad wasn't giving up on the fact that his kid, his first kid, could not be gone. So there was a man, and sometimes you have to realize that sometimes we can't just turn away people who are just being nosy. Sometimes you got to pay attention to the nosy rosy. There was a little man standing over on the side as the people were working at what they told me. And he kept saying, there's something over there. There's something over there. Well, finally, my dad walked over there. And when he walked over there, it was me, mushed and mangled. And he grabbed me up and the people came and got me and they took me to the hospital. And I was unconscious for like 27 days. They had to completely redo everything about me. I was cut up teeth broken out, all the whole, whole bag. But my grandmother sat by that bed, they said. She never went home for the whole 27 days. She sat there to wheel me back to life. And so as they told me everything that I had been through, even at that early age, I knew that I had to continue to be strong and to show people that you can go through so much in your life but if you have a faith, you have faith in God, and you have people around you who care about you, you can get through anything. Uh, I've had a couple of businesses that did make it. I, you know, I've owned a little construction business. It didn't make it because the guy wasn't willing to work as hard as I was. And, you know, if you ain't willing to work as hard as I am, you got to go. You just got to go. <laughs> I don't have time for that kind of thing. But um, so it's just a resilience. It's a bounce back ability that you have to have. Uh, we call it BBA, bounce back ability. You have to not give up on yourself and then don't give up on people. That's what makes you successful in the Mary Cavins. You have to learn to take rejection, but not take it personally. You know how many people have told me, no, I don't like it. I don't want it. I can't afford it. Every excuse you've ever had. But you know what I say? Oh, okay. So that means not right now. So that means I can call you back in right? And, and some of them look at me like, did you hear what I said? I said no. But see, no means on to me, to the next person. And to tell that person and ask their can I call you back in a week? Because their situation may be different. Their situation may be different. So you have to learn to appreciate where people are and you have to learn to wait. Everybody gets a turn. But the first thing you have to do is know you get a turn. Then you have to get prepared for your turn. And then you have to wait for your turn. And see, everything is not microwave. You know, we can't have everything right now. But we still can have everything. But you have to get in line. Sometimes you just have to wait. And you have to wait and wait upon the Lord. Because he will deliver he has the plans for you. 
He had them when you were born. So you need to know that and you have to put that in your heart and you have to decide that you're going to wait your turn. But when your turn comes, you're going to step up to the plate and give it all that you've got. Just make it happen. Do what's right. And there's always time to do what's right. There's always time. That is fantastic. So those are the companies that it takes to make a business like this go. You can't make a cake that takes 45 minutes to bake. You can't make it in 15 minutes cook because it will not cook in 15 minutes. If it says 45 minutes, it's going to take 45 minutes. So wait, get some patience. You know, you have to get some patience. Skills and patience are a great part of owning your own business, any kind of business, and being able to relate to people instead of dictate to people. So many times we don't inspire anyone because we expire on the time we want to give it. So in order to inspire, you got to perspire, you got to be persistent, and you got to be caring with your inspiration. And no one can truly motivate you. Motivation comes from within, but people can inspire you and feed your motivation so that it pops out and stands out and you get where you're going. I'm looking at this brother talking about him and his brothers working together. Can you imagine three girls trying to tell three boys what to do on a farm? Do you know what that took? But it took a mother that could go and stand between the group and say, it's one for all and all for one. We do this together, all of us under daddy's lead. So now y'all go out there and figure out what you're going to do and who's going to do what. And then come on back in here, tell me what it is. And I'll tell daddy how it's going to go. Because you know she got the power. That's right. <laughs> Women rule. Okay. With that being said, AC, let's let's learn about, let's, let's learn about your family. We want to understand, is it just because you were so great, you were given this? How did you get to where you are? Tell us about your upbringing. Yeah, no, nah, I wish I was given. I <laughs> wish I was given this. No. Um, I'm a city boy. So I didn't I didn't grow up on a farm at all. <laughs> I grew up, we grew up in Flint. I'm a product of my brothers, I got three, we got, I got three brothers. So it was four boys. My mom, we were raised by my mom and my grandmother. So when you say women rule, you know, I was raised by two strong women who, who instilled some very deep seated core values within us. Family being, family first being one of those core values. And then also treating everyone with dignity and respect. I mean, those, those two, those three core values you know, really, really has bode well for us growing up, grew up in the inner city, north side of Flint. I'm sure people have heard the stories about Flint. This was pre-water crisis. So this is when everybody was outside playing in the streets and all this other stuff. So, you know, I went to school. I was the first one of my brothers. I was the first one in my family to actually attend a a four-year university and, and graduate. But in doing so, it inspired my brother. My oldest brother, he graduated and went to the Marines. I went to college. He went to the Marines. But when he came back from the Marines, he went to college. And my younger brother, 
uh, Jay, who works with us, he was a late bloomer. He didn't go straight to college right out of high school. He worked and worked, and then he went to college. So me being the second oldest, it felt like I was the leader. My third brother, while he does not work in the business, he works around the business. Also, you know, late bloomer, but went to college. And so my mom, you know, my mom, my grandmother raised four boys by themselves, but we were a close-knit family. It was only five-year difference from my oldest, my oldest brother to the youngest boy. So uh, <laughs> you can imagine how close our, our family was. But as we got older, I went to college um, and I was a finance major in, in college. I had a professor, I was taking an accounting course and my professor asked me, her name is Dr. Kathy Miller. I tell this story all the time. Dr. Kathy Miller asked me if I had ever considered being a certified public accountant. And I said, no, I, um, I, had a, I already had an internship with a major corporation. I, I was headed down the path of corporate finance not thinking about a CPA at all. And she said, well, you know what? You're, I, think you're, I think it's a wise career path for you. I think you're really good at it. And if you, you know, decide to come down this path, you, I think you would be, I think you would excel. I said, okay, thank you. And <laughs> I, <laughs> I took one last accounting class because I was a finance major. But what I did was I encouraged my brother Luther, who was still in college. I, I started before him. So I was already getting ready to graduate while he was probably in his second year of college. And I told him, I said, Luther, I said, look, don't do what I did. Like stay in, double major, get your finance and accounting degree. Because what I was unaware of is that to become a CPA, you had to have 150 credit hours. So I had already graduated, realized that Kathy Miller was right. I got into the corporate world. And I was like, oh, I really don't like it. <laughs> and so I had to go back to college to get my um, to to sit to get my coursework to sit for my CPA. And in doing that, I incurred some graduate level debt that I could have took in undergrad. I could have took the same classes in undergrad and not paid nearly as much. That was a lesson that was bought. I believe some lessons are taught, other lessons are bought. I've paid for that lesson. <laughs> but working fast forward, I've had a wonderful career so far. I just completed, believe it or not, I just completed my 20th tax season on yesterday. Oh, and wow. so I've got 20 years as an accountant, um, 15 years as a CPA, but that close-knit family atmosphere helped us. And it helped me and it helped my brothers and us, even though we have to make some very hard decisions and we had to make a very tough decision a couple of months ago. But because we know we love each other, we didn't let business get in the way of that love and that respect. We don't allow business and contracts to supersede the relationship because that's really what business is. You only can do business with people that you like. And so people do business with people that they like. You can have the greatest product, but if your attitude is snotty and, and, and you, you, you're, you're arrogant and, and you come off as pompous, people will hesitate to work with you. 
I work in a service industry, much like uh, Ms. Latha. We work in a service industry where relationships are key. I have not had to market at all because my clients tell us I mean, we since the pandemic, you know, I started off as a very small, I was, I was one person. It was just me doing a business on the side. My brothers and I decided we want to get together. I shut down my CPA practice that I own and I merged it with the company that my brothers and I own. And that synergy has allowed my business, that financial service business to go from 136 clients that I was seeing annually prior to the pandemic to over 800 in the last two years. So like we've grown that much so quickly because I realized I don't have to do this by myself. Having a team, building a team, if you're going to scale your business, you're not going to do it by yourself. And if you don't know how to treat people you will never scale your business. You'll be by yourself and you'll stay where you are until you learn how to work with people. And that's what I learned growing up because we had to share everything. We shared clothes, we shared food, we shared, <laughs> we shared a room. There was, it was, we lived in a two bedroom house and there was six people that lived there. So all of us were sharing. We were on top of each other. Sometimes we had to share the TV. We had to decide who was going to play the game. <laughs> Whose turn was it to play the game? Because everybody couldn't hog, couldn't hog the game. So those were the values that I learned at a young age that has bode well for us as an organization because we don't treat each other um, without respect. We lead with respect. Awesome. Hey, see, before you go, um, you, it, it's interesting that it's four boys, but you have to tell them about your family. <laughs> okay, yeah. So, yeah, so I'm, I'm married. I, I, I have a wife. I also have four boys. <laughs> so, yeah, my two oldest, one I have right now in college, he's, he attends Tennessee State University. I have a senior in high school. He just on Sunday, just got his acceptance letter and scholarship offer from Tennessee State. So he'll be going to Tennessee State um, on a full academic scholarship. And I've got my third son, who's a freshman in high school, and my baby boy, Elijah, who's the spitting image of who I am as a person. And it drives me crazy. (laughs) But he's in middle school, so he's in sixth grade. So it's a a dynamic. They, They weren't they weren't as close as me and my brothers are in age, but they are very much close in relationship because they were raised very much like I was raised with that closeness. That is fantastic. I can't believe it. Time is just a ticket. We we just got an alert. So I want to make sure that we have enough time to cover just one more topic. And then we want to make sure our audience knows how to get in touch with each one of you. Uh, so, Emayo, I can take the question, or do you want to? No, I, I do have a question because I I hear some wonderful testimonies, and I hear how we have been shaped and molded as we were younger, and have grown and evolved into the humans that we are today. And a lot of people don't make it. A lot of people fall short. A lot of people end up in jail. You know, a lot of people end up like not in good situations. 
but we, I see two beautiful people who have been through adversities and have been able to get through those adversities and shine like a diamond. And my question to you is why? What is it that motivate you? And what is it about you that is you feel so strong and passionate about that you can serve a greater good other than just regular taking care of yourself and just kind of living a life? And I'll start with Joe first, and then we'll go with AC. Okay, well, that, that's a big question there. But, you know, I think the key to all of that is communication. I learn how to communicate. And I think that's the one thing that's lacking in most corporate places is the communication. And the relationship suffers because the communication is not good. We bark at people instead of speaking to people. What I remember learning, see, people now, when you think about when I grew up, we didn't have all of this phones and texting and this and that and this and that. And we laughed when my mother went back to college and she started at Shaw University. She came home, met my dad who had just come home from World War II. And she thought she needed to, to marry him before somebody else grabbed him up <laughs> and made, made her father real unhappy. But he got real happy as soon as she said that she was going to have him. But she went back to school. And, and I remember the letters that she wrote, I mean, almost daily to my dad and to us while she was gone back to AT&T to get uh, whatever the certification she was to be the dietitian for the county school that we lived in. And because she loved to cook, she loved to feed people, but she wanted to feed them help. But so she taught us the value of whoever and always looking out for each other. My oldest sister, who uh, was really my first cousin there, her, she was first, she went to an HBCU at the time. And so, but one of the things I had learned because I was good at sewing, I was good at fashion. Yeah, I'm good at a lot of things. So what I would do is create all this exciting stuff. The clothes I was going to make for me to wear, I gave them to her first semester to take to school so that she would have brand new. And then when she came home, she'd give them to me and I'd give her the So I understand what he was saying, AC was saying about the hand-me-downs and pastor. We showed each other how to do. And even my brothers now in their 60s, they still look out for each other. They still, uh, if El doesn't know how to do something, Kenny's going to show him it. If, if Kenny's too busy, El's going to get do it. Vince is going to, we're going to go because the boys were here. But we are still a close-knit and tight family like that now. It's a matter of if I needed something right this minute, it would be one phone call to either one of the six of us who is still left and somebody would be on the planes to come deal with it. Uh, I remember one of the bouts I was having with cancer and I was and my sisters were flying in and they had jobs, you know, and they had stuff. To, my brothers told their their girlfriends, fiancés, whatever. Well, I can't bathe her and stuff, but you can in my place. So you're, you're in the rotation. So, <laughs> that's just how tight we were. You want to stay in this family, girlfriend, pack your suitcase because my sister needs you. 
but we all do that for each other. And we were taught how to communicate and how to love and uplift. And I say this to Mary Kay Business, what it has done for me in trying to help make things happen is it taught me that every woman wears a crown. And it is my job always to see that her crown is on straight, that the jewels are not muddied and cloudy. If there's anything I can do to polish a stone in her crown, do that instead of throwing a stone to try to knock it off her head. And I love this young man. I, I see, I love what you're doing and I love your family atmosphere, what I see you doing. And you're going to amaze, you're going to raise some awesome sons. And I hope they appreciate everything that you do now because you are building that next generation of men who will learn how to take care and perpetuate and preserve family and family life and values. Fantastic. Awesome. Um, AC? Yeah, I, I, listen, I've, I've, I've enjoyed <laughs> listening to, to Mama Jo affectionately. I'm going to call her, I'm going to adopt her as Mama Jo as well. Okay. Um, <laughs> no, I, I... All right. Good deal. Okay. Uh, why? You can say... You know, it really just boils down to purpose. I think I'm, I believe that I'm walking in my purpose because it's effortless. It's effortless for me to sit down and talk to somebody about taxes or, you know, that's one of the most stressful. I, we just, I just ushered 800 people through some of the most stressful time periods this year, filing taxes, because no one wants to deal or think about the IRS or the potential of owing taxes or going to jail or anything. It comes very natural to me to sit down before somebody and talk to them about, to eat, to alleviate some of that anxiety, um, to alleviate and let them know, like, no, it's, it's going to be okay. I've not seen anything that couldn't be taken care of or couldn't be handled in some way, shape, or form. And it's never as bad as we, as we think it in our mind that it's going to be. So, that's my simple answer is just purpose. I, I, I believe that I've identified uh, my purpose and I'm just going to, I'm going to operate in my, in my lane. Well, I'm allowed. Yeah. I'm going to just move. Yeah. I'm just move along in my lane. Well, that's one of the things that I always say is not what you do is how you do and what flows into what you do to make the world a better place. Mm-hmm. So being in your purpose is is being connected to individuals and making people happy and doing the things that you enjoy doing to make their lives better. And then ending this show, we'll be ending the show. We want to know how to get in contact with you guys. Starting with you, AC. Very simple. You can reach us at www.thejohnlgroup.com. All one word, the John, J-O-H-N-L group. G-R-O-U-P dot com. You can like us on Facebook at uh, John L. Financial Services. And then um, on Instagram, I'm AC the CPA. AC the CPA on Instagram. Well, thank you. Mama Jo? Well, you can reach me at www.maricay.com forward slash J Latham. Or you can reach me on Facebook, Joe Latham. 
Uh, you can like me there. You can get in contact with me there. And then we can take it all on to the next level. So it's exciting. I'm excited to talk to you today, to share with you today. And if there's something that I might do to help you start receiving what you are believing God for, then do contact me so that we can make it happen. I am all about go give, not go get. Great, great. Now, do you guys have a LinkedIn? Because this is streaming live. Because this is yeah, streaming live. Yeah, this is, yep, yep. Um, it's AC, AC Brown yeah. CPA MBA. Yeah, so it's the, it's just my name on LinkedIn. I'm Joe Latham on the LinkedIn live. Awesome. LinkedIn, just go to my name, Joe Latham. Great. Well, you know, I'd like, well, like I said, it's not what you do. Is how you do what you do and what flows into what you do to make the world a better place. And that's all of our purpose. And we would just like to thank you guys for being a part of our podcast to share your experiences. And there's a lot of words of wisdom and nuggets that I'm sure a lot of people were going to be able to take away from this conversation. And thank you guys for shining your light and being bright. Awesome. You guys did such a great job. It is so much to unpack in what we talked about. So I definitely let you know we will be inviting you again. So please be just as open next time as this time. We'll give you more warning. But we're so excited that you were able to join. So you've been listening to the Phoenix Business Radio with Business Radio X. This podcast is brought to you by Detail Experts, the mobile steam cleaning company that saves the planet one franchise at a time. So until next time, we're Angela. And Emmanuel Williams. Williams. Thank you for listening to More Details, Please. Presented by Emmanuel and Angela Williams from Detail Experts, the mobile steam cleaning company dedicated to protecting the planet. Be sure to subscribe to More Details, Please on your favorite podcast platform. You can also follow us on Facebook at Detail Experts and visit detailexperts.net. That's D-E-T-A-I-L-X-P-E-R-T-S dot net. We hope you've gained some valuable insights from our conversations today. Stay driven by curiosity, and we'll bring you more details next time.